Good morning, everyone. That's what I usually say. Well, last week I held you quite a while, and I apologize for that, but this week I won't. Um, at least it's not my intent. I don't have eight pages of notes today. I think I have about five, so that's a good number. I have some things I want to say this morning that are not a traditional sermon. But this is the only time we have to get together. So this is when I'm going to have to tell you about things that I feel like the Lord would want us to know, to pray about, and to move forward with. Number one, I told Don and Audrey that I had a bit of an epiphany last week, last Sunday morning. Very unusual thing happened while he was reading the scripture about the crucifixion. You remember that? He read a passage of scripture right off the bat. Well, I think it was after the worship service, but before I came to the pulpit. And I mentioned how it flowed together, what he read flowed together and completed the message that I had prepared because he focused only on the crucifixion and I focused only on the resurrection. And neither of us had talked about that beforehand. He did briefly ask me Sunday morning, Mom, is it okay if I read this scripture? And I said, well, of course. And how I told you that the blending and the completion of that message was so beautiful. So the epiphany was this, that the power and the impact of the spoken word all by itself, without any words from me, without any commentary added to it, has a power and an impact all its own. Did anyone else feel that besides me? I certainly did, to a point that the Lord moved on my heart and almost said, how dare you forget that the word has its own anointing and its own source of power because he spoke those words into being, into existence. And that's why he tells us over and over and over again to hear the word and to do the word. Don't just hear it, but to do it. Some passages of scripture are prophetic. Some are promises. Some are warnings. Some are triumphant. And some are tragic. And some, as I said, absolutely stand on their own strength and their own merit and need no further explanation. So now that I feel like I've learned a good lesson that the Lord taught me last week, I just want to say don't be surprised when now and again, certainly not every week I don't think, maybe we'll see what the Lord has in mind, but you may hear a reading of the word and little else. And I want to say that many other denominations and churches have been doing this for years and years and years. We aren't necessarily accustomed to that. 
I did do this one time last year. I felt the Lord was very uh, emphatic that we read a psalm and, and that was all there was, the reading of the psalm. But I will confess to you, I felt very concerned about doing that, that I, would, I felt like I would lead, let the church down or that you would feel that I had let the church down for doing that because we, don't, we haven't typically seen that here. But I'm telling you that the impact and the power of the word for me last week and the way the Holy Spirit witnessed it to my heart was a truth and it was real. So we can honor the word as it is. It needs no other bolstering but of, in, of its own self. It stands. Not every passage, of course, can stand alone, but many do. So just, I want to say, don't be surprised if you hear the reading of the word and maybe we pray for understanding of the word and application of the word, but not much more in addition. Is that okay? I know it is. It's the word of God, but I'm not treating this in a silly manner at all. But I, I wanted to tell you that this was absolutely revealed to me last week and something that I foresee happening going forward. That was number one. That took about five minutes, I think. So I think we're on a good track. Number two. I had a dream this week that I want to tell you about. I had the dream very early in the morning on Tuesday. And as I've told you each time that I've had a dream that I've shared with you, I don't have all the answers. And I, I said that to Don and Audrey and Don said, but mom, God doesn't always make the dreamer responsible for the interpretation of the dream. So that doesn't, that doesn't, you know, mean anything if you don't have all the answers. But I do believe that I have an insight to the general meaning of this dream, and I want to submit it to you today for your consideration and for your investment in prayer. Is that okay? <laughs> Smile or get up and leave or something. <laughs> So I know you're there. I know you are. I appreciate you so much. This is hard to do. Believe me, it's hard to get up here every Sunday morning and kind of blow, pour your heart out before people and say, Thus saith the Lord. It is hard, but I want to be obedient above all things. I dreamed that our church started experiencing areas of damage inside the church building that were not explainable. No work was being done to cause a mess to be made, but there were corners and edges and maybe even right out in the middle of, a, of the room that had shards of wood and blocks of sheetrock and just general messy stuff piled up in small piles here and there with no evidence of how it happened. In my dream, because of this, 
I called a work day to help clean up the area and to try to find out what the problem was, what was causing this to happen. And it started at the top of the stairs in the two upper rooms up here that we used to use for Sunday school rooms in the back of the kitchen or off to the side of the kitchen. So we moved out all the debris that was there and we cleaned the area very well. And then we consolidated usable things. And in my dream, I saw some pieces of furniture and things that could be added to the fellowship area here uh, off the side of the uh, sanctuary. And so once we moved those things out of those rooms that had been messed up, we cleaned them all up and we put tape across them and said, you know, to keep people out until we figured out what was going on. So now it was more crowded in the fellowship area here because of the additional pieces of furniture and it happened again. Once again, piles of debris stacked up in piles, not strewn across the floor, but neatly piled in piles. No way to avoid finding them. And we worked again to clean up this space. And someone said, I think I have found a problem. But I don't remember in my dream if, it was, if anything was produced at that time. So we cleaned it up, it's anything that was produced in the way of the problem. Just the statement, I think I have found the problem, or a problem. And that wasn't me, but nobody had faces in this dream. I just knew who you were, you were the congregation, and you were working on this problem with me. Then a third time, there was a much larger pile of debris on the stage. The stage looked just like it does now. And right about here, in the center of this open space, was this pile of debris. And as I walked up the steps here towards this pile, something ran across my foot. And it was so fast and so quick, I really barely could even see what it was. But I lunged forward and I grabbed it by the nape of the neck and I held it up and it was a big white rabbit. Stay with me. I held it as tightly as I could and I'm not crazy, believe me, this was from the Lord. I held it as tightly as I could. Well, I don't know if it's right for a the person who you might think is crazy to tell you I'm not crazy, but I don't think I am. <laughs> so I held it up as tightly as I could away from me and all the time it was fighting me and trying to whip around and bite me and scratch me. And I knew in my spirit that this was an evil spirit that was plaguing the church. And I walked to the front door, carrying it by the nape of the neck, still trying to bite me. 
And I pushed open the doors and I walked towards the steps and I shouted in the name of Jesus, get out now. And I threw it as far as I could, physically fling it away from the church. And there were two more rabbits found in the debris here while I was doing that. And someone picked it up. One was these two were very small compared to that one, which was large. And one was white and one was gray. And everyone was praying and everyone was in sync and on the same page that these didn't belong in the church. They had to go. And we walked as a congregation and cast them out in the name of Jesus. I don't, as I said, have a, a recollection of who found them, who, who grabbed them, or any of that, just that there were two more, and the congregation had taken care of them. And when I came back to the platform, all the debris was gone, and the platform was spick and span and cleaned up. And then I woke up. And of course, I consulted the word first. Leviticus 11.6. And the hare, or the rabbit. There's also a word there, the coney, C-O-N-E-Y, is also a rabbit. And the hare, because he cheweth the cud, but divideth not the hoof, he is unclean to you. Leviticus goes on to say, don't even touch them. And Deuteronomy 14.7 says very similarly, Nevertheless, these shall you not eat that chew the cud, or of them that divide the cloven hoof as the camel, the hare, the coney. For they chew the cud, but they divide not the hoof, Therefore, they are unclean to you. So God determined that these were unclean animals not to be eaten nor touched by the Israelites. And you know from past uh, reading and uh, messages that the church is a, a sort of a symbol of the Israelites. We're sort of a a mirror image of how God treated the Israelites and how he would expect the church to behave as well. Then I consulted my uh, dictionary of Bible symbologies in dreams book. I've told you about this book before. Uh, if anybody wants to take a look at it, I brought it this morning. It's written by a spirit-filled woman who I listened to her preaching last night, beautiful message from the Lord. Her name is Barbie Brethet. And this book says that rabbits in a dream represent Satan, evil spirits, lust, pagan celebration of Easter, rapid multiplication, fast growth, trouble, contentions, great changes, uncleanliness, non-aggressiveness, complacency, 
lethargy, victim mentality, and fear in a person's life. And as I said, I felt in my spirit when I grabbed that rabbit that it was an evil spirit. So this coincides with what this says. The irony of this dream, if you want to look at it that way, is connected to the man that does my hair. Months ago, I went to him to get a hair, hair job done, and he is a spirit-filled pastor in San Jose, and he said to me, the Lord is leading me to something to pray for you, and is it okay if I lay my hands on you and pray that God begins to use you in the gift of the discernment of spirits? And he did. This was about middle of December-ish. And I have prayed on this ever since. So perhaps this dream is a manifestation of that gift that will be coming our way. And I say our way because it's not just me. You were all involved as well. Because I do believe that the meaning of these rabbits were evil spirits. And I would like for you to do two things. I would like for you to interact with me on your thoughts and your feelings from, from prayer, from experience, from logic, from whatever standpoint you come from and share with me your thoughts and feelings. And it's okay if you think I'm nuts, that's, that's okay, I understand. <laughs> I can take it. But I'm telling you there was no fear, there was no drama in this casting out and casting away of these things but there was immediate recognition and agreement that they must be removed. I also want to stress again that I was not alone doing this. You were all participating and helping with this in all different ways, in the finding, in the cleaning, and in the casting out. So in addition to your prayerful attention to this. I really do want to hear what you think and what you feel about this. Whether it's a time for the future, whether it's a time for now, I want to be ready. I want you to be ready because if something does present itself, we're going to need to work together. All right? We're going to need to be on that same Page. I'm I'm willing to open the microphone right now, Audrey.
very well could be there is a spiritist two blocks from this church on one of those little tiny side streets, Sam, uh, Sam Kava, I think it is. There, she's got a sign out there. I pray against that every time I drive by that spiritist place. So we know we are surrounded by evil. We know that there's no, there's no question about that. So very, very good point, thank you. Anybody else want to comment? Uh, Patty, did you have your? Can you speak up a little? Yes, I, I believe that the Lord chose to use not only this church, but all the churches in connection with the leadership program. I've been here to pray, pray, pray that our country has to be led by the right leaders. Yeah. It may not be limited to just here, but the church as a whole. I totally agree with that also. Thank you. Jane. Yes, oh, me and too. <laughs> to me, it was, we may be small, but we are strong. And we yes. have our faith, and we know what God is capable of. Yes. And what the power of his name, and the blood of Jesus, and what this name can, can do. Can, you know, that, that to me, that gave me, um, yes, evil things come in this world. But as a united church, we are strong in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. For those that may not have heard, she was saying that we are a strong congregation, a Bible-based congregation, a spirit-filled congregation, and we are together on, on such things of spiritual matters, and I really appreciate that, Jane. Anyone else? Don. Yes. Prepared us. Yes, standing united. 
Yes. Yes. Um, you know, whether we're larger number or smaller number, uh, I've seen it both ways, but mm -hmm. we're certainly capable when we stay with the Lord and stay close to Him of recognizing yes. what doesn't belong and then, you know, with God's strength facing it. Mm -hmm. um, so I think wonderful that there be a warning that this is something to come and also, you know, we can do it. Amen. Audrey. Anyone else? Okay. I am curious to know more about the piles. About the what? Piles. Piles. Yes. I'm thinking that's right because there's no physical evidence of the church being torn apart or, you know, storm didn't blow the ceiling down or anything like that. Yeah. Except that there is actual debris in the rooms that we've been working on. Yes, we, we are trying to clean those, physically clean those up, yes. But, but it definitely was a spiritual pile of debris, not, you know, building materials. I agree. Audrey? Um, so, yeah, two things is um, <clears throat> structure stayed firm. Intact. Okay, the structure stayed intact, but um, also when God was reminding us that we can come together, and you were saying to be united, we were united in the dream. Um, I remember a specific pastor who only stayed three months, and, and mm -hmm. we, uh, we were so excited to have him. Um, but then each individual family was not wanting to discuss the way they were feeling inside, but each, each home, they were praying about it. And then when God revealed the right timing, everyone released how they felt, and, and we all were in agreement. So yes. we weren't gossiping and saying, let's get this guy out. It was like we were all individually bringing it before the Lord and mm -hmm. saying, Yes, we have experience with being led of the Lord, even individually, as Audrey was saying. And then when it came time to make a move, everyone was in exact agreement on the right path to move. Anyone else? I appreciate all of your input. And if you want to come to me afterwards, Jane. Oh, Sister Watson, I'm sorry.
absolutely. That is the only way that we're going to keep evil spirits out of the midst of our congregation Amen. and away from our family. Amen. And that is the reason I'm sharing it. Yes. And our instructions from God is pray. Pray without ceasing. Yes. That is the only way we can defeat yes. spirit. I've been praying the word more than I ever had in my whole life because of its power and its covering and its anointing. Thank you very much. Beautiful. Anyone? Uh, Nancy. Absolutely. Yes. Get it out. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying this is how, but in my experience, it was it, when it was all over. What a blessing! We all had blessings in our home. In mm -hmm. fact, it was it, you could say, oh, it was an evil thing that came against. Yes, but in the process, what a cool thing that happened to our church. Really, we, we became strong and unified and loving with everything. Very good. Very good. I agree. And for those who may not have heard um, what, what Nancy was saying was clean up your own home first. Make sure everything's right in your own heart, your own home, your family, and then we can be clean and responsible to work for the Lord when we come here. And prayer, prayer coverage, I agree with that so much. Thank you uh, for all those who have spoken. And again, if you have more I'll be available after church. The third thing I want to share with you is very short. Friday night as I was falling asleep, the Lord put a song in my heart. If you would pick up a songbook, if you have one near you, turn to page 112. Cyrus Sylvester Nussbaum was born in Indiana 
And these things are related to what we've been talking about. So I think it's uh, amazing how the Lord works all things together, all things together for the good of those who, are, who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So Cyrus Sylvester Nussbaum, let's learn a little bit about him. He completed his education and he taught school in Marion County, Kansas. And in 1886, he married his sweetheart, Harriet Irwin, and they had two children, Hazel and Mark. The year that he was, that year he was ordained as a Methodist minister, so in 1886. And he served as a circuit preacher at Douglas, Goddard, Wichard, and Kingman, Kansas. During this time, he also served as educational secretary at Southwestern College in Winfield, Kansas. He also pastored Ottawa, Parsons, Kansas, and became the presiding elder of the Kansas City Independent District, all at the same time. In 1914, he was appointed an evangelist for the Methodist Conference. And during World War I, <clears throat> he was an inspector in the U.S. Army in France for the American Red Cross. After the war, he spoke often on the Red Path Lyceum Circuit. So he was a circuit preacher and he held evangelistic meetings in Kansas, Nebraska, Oklahoma, and Texas. Southwestern College conferred a doctorate of divinity degree upon him, and in his later years, he served multiple small Kansas City churches and was a supply preacher or a fill-in preacher at others. After his first year of trying to preach at seven locations simultaneously on a very low salary, he became so tired and so discouraged. And at the annual conference meeting, he was hoping for a better appointment, but sadly he was reassigned to the same difficult circuit as before. He was unhappy and he became rebellious in his spirit about this assignment. And he stayed up very late that night at the conference, long after his wife had gone to bed. About midnight, he knelt in prayer and God, he told God that he could have his way with him regardless of the cost. And this experience with the Lord in prayer that night inspired him to write the words and the music to this song, His Way With Thee. Sister Lyle loved this song and she sang it often when she was here leading worship. The first verse says, all of these are questions. Would you like this to happen? Well, here's the answer of how. That's how this song works. Would you live for Jesus and be always pure and good? Would you walk with him 
within the narrow road? Would you have him bear your burden, carry all your load? Let him have his way with thee. His power can make you what you ought to be. His blood can cleanse your heart and make you free. His love can fill your soul and you will see t'was best for him to have his way with thee. Would you have him make you free and follow at his call? Would you know the peace that comes by giving all? Would you have him save you so you need never fail? Fall, excuse me. Let him have his way with thee. Would you in his kingdom find a place of constant rest? Would you prove him true in providential test? Would you in his service labor always at your best? Let him have his way with thee. His power can make you what you ought to be. His blood can cleanse your heart and make you free. His love can fill your soul and you will see t'was best for him to have his way with thee. How many besides Sharon know this song? Nobody. <laughs> Just me. Well, I was going to try and sing it, but my throat has closed up and I don't think I can. So we're going to leave it there. His power can make us what we ought to be. His blood can cleanse us and make us free. And only his matchless love can fill our souls so that we will see. It's best for us to say, have your way with me. Will you stand with me this morning? Would you be willing to come down to the front and let's spend a few minutes in prayer? This is where my heart is this morning, that we do spend time in prayer. It's his power that makes us what we ought to be. Will you come? It is certainly nothing of ourselves. It is his power. If you want to kneel, kneel. Amen. If you want to stand, stand. But let him have his way with us. As individuals first, because we are individuals and our salvation is individual. But as a congregation standing before him, accountable, responsible for promoting his love, for showing the world his love, and letting him work in us, having his way in us. Father, I thank you this morning. 
I thank you, Lord, that you gave us a direction to follow you. And as Sister Watson told us, Lord, that is in prayer. We follow you in prayer, Lord Jesus, to never cease praying. And everything that comes against us, oh, Father, help our minds to align with the word. That we not say, oh, that will stop me, or that will stop progress, or now I can't do this or can't do that. But it's your power working within us that causes those things to align with your word, Lord, and you accomplish them through us. You told us, Lord, that in our weakness, you are made strong. And that's what we're asking this morning, Lord. We may be weak. We may be small in the sight of this world. Oh, but in you, with your spirit moving, Lord, and your power moving through us and your word being demonstrated among us, Oh, God, you are made strong, and you receive the glory. You receive the honor, Lord Jesus. How we thank you and how we love you today. Lord, I pray that with this dream, Lord, that you would help us to understand. Help us to be prepared, oh God. I was obedient and I did as you said, Lord, to share it with the people, even though I don't have all the answers. Oh God, but you do. You gave us a warning. You gave us foreknowledge, Lord Jesus and a power to discern spirits, Lord. I pray, oh God, that we are, uh, we, we do it well, Lord, in front of you. We do it well, Lord, that you can say, well done, good and faithful servant in this regard. Oh, we just lift your name today, Lord. We thank you for saving us. We thank you for filling us. We thank you for healing us, Lord. And I do want to pray for the people this morning, Lord Jesus, for so many have needs and have a need of healing and prayer, Lord, and we bring it to you this morning. And I'm going to lay hands on each one this morning. I think all things have been in order this morning according to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And I just want to bless you as you go. Father, go with each one. Your hand of covering upon each one this morning, Lord. We thank you for this order of service. And Lord, we thank you that your presence was here. Oh, God, we love you so much. And we look forward, Lord, to a deeper walk, a deeper experience in the Holy Ghost. And we give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.